everyone's recording this. I'm recording. Adam's recording. America's recording it. Uh, <laughs> will, will we be banned for a different kind of hate speech after today? Just hate <laughs> based on the content of a character and people's actions. Who knows? Uh, hate- justified hate speech. Yes. <laughs> yes. Justified hate speech. Man, that would be a dicey podcast title. You get a lot of people listening for the wrong reasons, but a lot of people would listen. Uh, what this actually is right now, it's the Away Games podcast. Uh, Away Games of Chicago Cubs podcast is one of the things happening right now. I'm Kevin McCaffrey. That's Adam Mamawala over there. What's up, Adam? Hello. Hey. <laughs> and then we have... <laughs> <laughs> and then Adam <laughs> clears the deck and lets our friend Ken join because it's also another podcast. It's a double yes. podcast with Ken Schultz. What's up, Ken? Hello, Kevin. Hello, Adam. This is also the Three Strikes You're Out podcast, the Outsports Baseball podcast. And the first episode of that in two weeks because my day to record would have been last Friday. And I couldn't talk. <laughs> kind yeah. of need to talk in order to record a podcast. And that wasn't happening on Friday. Oh, my God. Yeah. You tested positive for a a, 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 a well-earned reaction, I think. And was it just that, like, you couldn't talk? Was it that the volume you that was coming out of you was too high to register on the microphones, blowing out speakers? Or was it no sound whatsoever? I could see it going either way. I'm going to go obnoxiously English major highbrow sure. and say there, there is a scene in Infinite Jest where oh the protagonist, toward the beginning of the book, opens his mouth and nothing but a scream comes out, an <laughs> unintelligible scream. And that was me. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm full David Foster Wallace levels of, of depression at this point. So, and, what yeah. we're ta- and what we're talking about, if, if you're new to either of these podcasts, uh, these are baseball podcasts, obviously, and the baseball trade deadline just happened. We're all Chicago Cubs fans and sort of, I mean, I would say almost the star of the trade deadline, but in the way that like sometimes the star of the movie like does bad things and then dies, you know, it's like not, not really like a heroic journey, but like in terms of newsmaking, our favorite team was right at the top. So yeah. How, how are you guys feeling? I mean, I, I, I almost feel like we should each give ourselves like two minutes a, a per person to just vent. I, I like, it's so, I am wearing the only shirt that seemed appropriate which is the the Cubs uh, like kind of vintagey looking World Series shirt, but also black because that's how I feel. I am happy that the Cubs won a World Series. I'm happy that they made all of our dreams come true. But I genuinely feel like I'm in mourning, and it's one of those things that like anybody who doesn't really understand the level of fan that we are would be like, "Come on, it's a baseball team. Like you're really that upset about a baseball team." Yes, I really am. And like the amount of texts that I got, and I'm sure you guys are the same way of people literally checking in and being like, are you okay? That is some <laughs> indication of what has transpired over the past week. And I mean, Kevin, you and I started this podcast, uh, Away Games, that is, in in winter of 2018, going into mm-hmm. the 2018 season. Right. And I don't know about you, but I fully anticipated being able to talk through an entire playoff run on that podcast, being able to get to the World Series again and have that episode where we talked about you know, celebrating a World Series at Wrigley Field. And to get to where we've gotten right now, it is both frustrating and angering and seems like wildly preventable. And as people who live in New York, you and I, 
to now have to be bombarded with this news about Rizzo and Baez every day. I was on the train. I was on the D train last night going up to my uh, lady's place in West Harlem, which is like literally 15 blocks from Yankee Stadium. People were going up to the Yankee game, and I saw these this couple who were like very clearly going to a game, like jerseys, hats, the whole thing. And I started talking to them, and I was like, I assume you're going to the game. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, do me a favor and cheer extra loud for Anthony Rizzo tonight. And I like started getting choked up just saying that to them. I'm, I'm like getting choked up saying it now. And the guy's reaction was like all of our reactions, which was like, yeah, what the hell happened? Like, I thought the Cubs were a big market team. What, like, what happened with you guys? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's and it, just how I felt this past week is like, how, how did this happen? Yeah. It, it feels like it takes a, a real galaxy brain level maneuvering and a lot of hypotheticals to, uh, that, that you're just hypothetically good things that you're assuming that we have been given no reason to assume to make any of this make sense. I, I, th there's a baseball element where guys on expiring contracts, you deal for players for the future. That makes sense. That makes sense in a vacuum on its own, whatever. Thing is, this isn't a vacuum. This isn't a new regime running the Cubs. Theo Epstein left, but the rest of everybody has been here the whole time. They've been here the whole time. So if you got your big market club into this kind of hole where you could extend nobody from a core of players who are currently still in their prime, and you had to bottom out in this way. Why is the group that was there with the big market team leading to this still there in charge of it? That is, right. there's no reason for a team this big to ever get to this point. And when the Cubs bottomed out to begin this run, it was another regime. The new guys came in and we, I think all understood. Yeah, you bottom out at the beginning. Tanking now makes sense. There's no way to respectability and contention at the beginning of this uh, uh, when everybody joined 10 years ago. Now, there was. They're all sitting here. And they just let him go. And, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no logic to why it's this bad now. Have you seen the letter that uh, Rickett sent out to season ticket holders, uh, specifically the last paragraph? Uh, yeah, it really, really covered a lot of ground. Good, good thing he uh, took the time to write two sentences. Yeah, not, not, not the statement, the letter that went out. Oh, he, that I have not seen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last paragraph, and I should probably look it up to quote it exactly, but he tries to sell the experience of 2012 to 2014 of, hey, wasn't that fun? <laughs> wasn't that a joy to see the slow build of a great team? Like, let me, give me two minutes. Yeah. So what, what Ken's reference, yeah, the, the Cubs owner, the, at least the most public owner, Tom Ricketts, uh, said, basically sent a, a letter out to season ticket holders, I think it was, mm -hmm. and sort of explaining, I mean, in theory, explaining what's going on with the Cubs right now, why we're in this moment, why mm -hmm. they just traded away the three biggest stars on the team. Uh, and he's sort of, it was a bunch of paragraphs trying to be like, you know, uh, yeah, winning's fun, but you know what else is pretty cool? <laughs> Snake cups. <laughs> yeah. Did it, did it end with, did it end with PS having said all of that ticket prices are double for next year? Um, that's yeah. implied as always. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they are the rickets. Uh, this is, this is what he wrote, uh, we understand it might take a little time to process these changes as we integrate new players into our, our already talented roster, which is forcing Rafael Ortega to do a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> the old Diona Navarro game. Uh, if the past tells us anything, 
Watching a remarkable team come together is extremely exciting and rewarding, especially when everyone is aligned on the goal of winning the World Series. Highly anticipated call-ups, Wrigley Field debuts, immediate big league impact. It's all a part of what makes our game so special. We're grateful for the chance to share in that joy and journey together again. Are you guys loving the joy? Can't you feel it? Can't you feel it, my brothers? <laughs> it's just like you, if, <laughs> if you could, if you were someone who would read that and buy into it, you're probably ah. not someone who's following the Cubs enough to know anything just happened. Like there, there's no highly anticipated call-ups. Who? <laughs> there's yeah. Bre Brennan Davis is. I mean, he's down there. I think you would count that one. After that, there's. I think literally no one you could count as what would be in any sort of normal baseball fan way a highly anticipated. Highly but Ken, you Ken, you left out the part where he said uh, use use promo code Ortega for one percent <laughs> off a minimum two week stay at the Zachary Hotel. <laughs> God, at this point, I'd rather take a stay in the Zachary Hotel than actually go in the goddamn ballpark. <laughs> yeah, it's and the I might take a shit in the lobby. I don't care. <laughs> I well, they're gonna have to call the shit up pretty soon and put it on the 40 man. The yeah, as official I, team metaphor, yes. Uh, it, it's it's just like, I mean, it's one thing to be mad about what they've done and the fact that they could not extend anyone. And I think, I think all of our reactions would be very different if they came to an if they extended any one of the three. Or if they, I mean, even if they didn't trade one of the three and it felt like they're, we're going to work in good faith towards something that's going to work here, a core between this person and Wilson Contreras, whatever. But there's just no, there's clearly no direction going for it. There's, it's not even, it's, go, it's tanking out, yeah, and trading for guys who, by the way, if, if you like prospects, fun, I like prospects. No one of impact basically no one of impact that the Cubs traded for is going to be in the majors until 2024, 2025. And then you're not good immediately. Remember how long it took Javi Baez, an extremely, a, a prospect who's more well-regarded than anyone in the Cubs system right now. Remember it took him from, uh, he came up in 2014 and in 2016, he was still fighting for a spot to the end of that year. This is a long ways away from contention. If, uh, unless the Cubs spend money immediately. Is there any yeah. world in which the Cubs are competent enough to use these prospects to then make trades for impact players now and also sign people and then make this team competitive faster? There is, but I don't know why we trust that that would happen. Like you can't, and there's a world in which trading for high end, high ceiling prospects four or five years uh, from now, that makes, that does make sense if you're spending to fill the window between now and then. Right. and to carry yourself through that I, I can see how that makes sense but why 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 do we believe that's going to happen I'd, I'd be happy to say oh shit they, you know my bad they were right if that is what they do in the offseason but why I, I don't know why we we would think that would happen the last big signing was you Darvish three years ago they only paid for half of them then they sent him away before that we talked about when we started our podcast the away games podcast it was in the uh, Manny Machado Bryce Harper offseason when we got Daniel Descalzo I mean this is <laughs> and like Nick Castellanos never got an offer as he was leaving I, there, I, I don't know we're having to think back to like i guess the signing of you darvish but that doesn't even count because you only half had him and then there, there's just no reason to believe the cubs are going to spend right now i guess until they do it yeah i yeah. can't 
think that that's a path they're going to go on. Like what you described is certainly a decent scenario to compete, but that's also a scenario that requires a core. And uh, yeah, we kind of just traded an entire core away. So yeah, I I, I, I don't know the path forward. In and, terms, of uh, go ahead. What, what uh, you brought up in terms of the return we got for uh, all four of the guys, Craig Kimbrell included, mm-hmm. with this. Uh, so one of the things that we talked about in our Facebook, endless Facebook group chat uh, leading up to this is that, okay, you're going to make trades. At this point, let's see if you can win one, Jed Hoyer. Yeah. Because uh, up till now, you haven't. And you've got at least some assets that other teams should at least kind of desire. Let's see if you can get something going on. I mean, the A's got goddamn hate, or I mean, the Marlins got goddamn Jesus Lizardo for Starling Marte. That's, I mean, Kim Ang knows what she's doing. So let's yeah, see what you got. Right. And when I look at the returns from all four of these trades, there's not a win in there. That you could argue certainly that there's an improve, improvement of depth in the minor leagues, but that's also a package of mostly guys who are ranked like anywhere from fifth through 12th from the teams that traded them systems. Yeah, how the do you win the Chafin and Peterson trades and then lose the big trades? <sighs> yeah, and, and the and the Chafin and Peterson trades, I, I think we are saying as a win because it they're, at least the Jack Peterson trade would almost be impossible to lose. It was, you know, it's just, it's it's a toss-up or uh, that's somebody who maybe will be something. So, it, in ter- like, none of these, none of these deals... I think are a clear win now and part a couple reasons. Part of it is because the kinds of prospects they targeted or whatever got are years and years away. So it's hard, but even those guys aren't, you know, clear number one in, in an international signing class type prospects. And as Ken mentioned, uh, Luzardo of the, of the A's who went to the Marlins for a, a rental of Starling Marte, that absolutely that's a higher regarded prospect than anything the Cubs got back when we had three or four, really four Starling Marte level uh, mm-hmm. people to deal. And the, the, the fact that they, they didn't get anyone back also to me is a little bit of a hint about a plan to tank, or they could just be that incompetent in, in the trade. <laughs> but I mean, Luzardo has pitched in the majors. So is that too close to contention to be targeting for what the, the they're looking at as the window? I mean, I guess so. And there's and we just did uh, we uh, our, the last episode of the Away Games podcast. We had Brian Smith uh, on Twitter at Cub Prospects talk about literally go in depth about literally every prospect the Cubs got back. And Brian is uh, you know he's I think he's he's a hopeful guy, but he's he's a serious analytical guy. And the people we're most excited about. The guy who Brian's most excited about was not ranked in the Giants' top 10 prospects. He thinks, like, this is a guy who's taken a big leap and maybe is exciting. But this is not, as Ken says, There's you had the biggest group of talent to sell off that hopefully the Cubs will ever have in our fucking fandom lifetime at this point. And there's not one, holy shit, we got this guy? Not not one, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh- one thing, especially people who are who are pushing for a massive sell-off, I think either choose to ignore or don't understand, is that the incredible success of the rebuild from 2012 into 2015, I mean, that doesn't happen on a regular basis. That That is like so many things falling into place. Also, a great plan executed by a Hall of Fame executive, which uh, we don't have anymore, but... Mm. Uh, that, I mean, 
it, this is this is the one chance that Jed Hoyer, if, assuming that this is his plan from the beginning, was going to have at getting as big a haul for as many trade pieces as he was going to be able to unload. And this is the best you can do is, is Nick Madrigal, a teenager and a hyphenate who's played all of six goddamn games, mm. like unimpressed, very unimpressed. Yeah, it's uh, there, it, like Adam made a, a, a reference uh, on Twitter to watching the Bulls when there was still uh, in, in that 98-99 season, you know, uh, when there was still a couple pieces, you know, I guess the equivalent to Hendricks and Contreras still being here, uh, you know, while while it was filled in around. And that made me think of how how much of a Jerry Krause like beginning Jed Hoyer is mm-hmm. having where. Yeah. Yeah, he was a part of a very good team. And I don't know, maybe, you know, he's the general manager under team president Theo Epstein during the best era of Cubs baseball in history. That's not nothing. But now that he's been in charge, I don't know, you can, I guess, uh, like, I'm still open to to the idea that this guy is a good general manager. As a team president, he's dog shit. I don't know if you guys <laughs> heard uh, any anything going on on the radio this morning. Anthony Rizzo went on ESPN 1000 and talked about Jed Hoyer's comments yesterday where he said, I'm not going to talk about the extension talks we had. But all these guys said they wanted to stay here, and that's not how they acted uh, in negotiations. So Hoyer goes out, steps on his dick, like, <laughs> immediately, and then Rizzo was was on the air today saying, I don't know why you would talk about that. I don't know why you would say that there's one common denominator, no one signed. You know, I, I like already Jed Hoyer in the public-facing part, forget the baseball element of this, the public-facing part He's been an F. I mean, he said there was no rebuild three weeks ago. He said, literally, this is not going to be a rebuild. And then several days ago, he said, I don't know what a rebuild is. <laughs> he doesn't know what you would call a rebuild. And then yesterday, he literally said, uh, we'll see. So, I mean, like, uh, this is three weeks. He is sp- li- yeah. in, in the span of less than three weeks, one week, he has mm-hmm. lied more and he has alienated more players than Theo Epstein did over nine years. That's, I mean, that's a feat. Good job, I suppose. Well <laughs> yeah. done. But look, I mean, the, oh. the, the most upsetting thing about this is that like <laughs> the Cubs have run us through the mud so much that the three of us, three mild-mannered, nice men, are doing a podcast where we all sound like some version of Mad Dog Russo. Like, do you realize how upsetting that is that this is where we've gotten? That all, all any of us, like, have you guys watched an inning of Cubs baseball since Friday? Because I haven't. Yeah, I have. Oh, my God. Ken, <laughs> stop perfect. it. That's a perfect tone. And, and I watched the highlights. Naps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, Ken. I watched I watched the highlights of Ortega hitting three home runs. I, I did, did watch that. I watched the nice. like on my phone. I can't I can't stay away. But the point like I've been more into seeing how my my beloved uh triumvirate are doing on their new teams. Like that's what I'm watching first. I have not watched I've not sit down and like watched any Cubs baseball live. And then at the end of the day, I check the Yankees box score, the Mets box score, the Giants box score on Sunday. And uh, and then I see what happened with the Cubs just because I want to to root for these guys. But like, how how are you guys doing? Like, how are you guys doing? I, uh, I'm not doing great. So <laughs> uh, I, I have uh, spent a 
this is the second time I've spent an entire therapy session talking about the Cubs <laughs> this year. <laughs> so my, my therapist is essentially becoming drive time on the score. <laughs> Northside Harry, you're on. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. Dr. Francesa. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Oh Lord. <laughs> is 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 your therapist a, a Cubs or a baseball fan? Not at all. No. Nope. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, tuning him into what uh, what advanced level sabermetrics means too along the way. So he's learning <laughs> a lot. I think. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I think he said when I brought it up this week that uh, when he heard, I mean, even he heard the news about the the giant bloodletting, and he was like, "Yeah, I kind of thought of you." So okay, you knew where this was going. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. Like, you just cut to him like really stretching out before the session, <laughs> just yeah. like going through a Rocky montage. Like, oh boy, they traded everybody. Hold my calls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he he now knows more about uh, Anthony Rizzo's slump in June <laughs> than he ever intended. Uh, yeah, like so, I was out for a walk on Thursday afternoon after my day job, and was uh, about. Two minutes away from coming home when Adam, you texted us saying it was risen to the Yankees. And like I it was it was shock. Like it was numbness for a couple of minutes as I kind of got back into my apartment. And then I just kind of collapsed in the bed and just bawled. Uh it, and it was an ugly, ugly cry. Like it it's not like just tears, it was like guttural. Mixed up, mixed in with just random fuck yous at nobody. Uh, <laughs> fuck like, yous at nobody. Also a good podcast uh, title for sure. That's, that's uh, the, the subtitle of every Joe Rogan episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. Have you considered? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, so... That was that was the reaction to Rizzo was, I think, the real realization of, oh, shit. I mean, we all knew it was happening, but now it's like, oh, here it comes. And that was just like a whole new level of just like wave of sadness that 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 descended on me. And like it was I like even after I was done getting that out of my system, like I was still just like laying in bed like Brian Wilson did doing nothing <laughs> at all for the rest of that night. Um just didn't want to do anything. It, it was uh, like a low-level baseball depression. And I, I don't mean to diminish like actual mental health problems. It, it was, I'm, baseball is carrying a lot of weight in that. It's, it's just a baseball thing. But nonetheless, I didn't want to do shit that night. Yeah. And, and well, the next day, next day, I feel almost bad because the next day was just kind of a fog of anger, but then just kind of a sense like, like a brain fog that, that wouldn't let up. And I almost feel bad that I couldn't give Javi or Bryant the emotional reaction they deserved because Thursday was so profound for me. Yeah. I think I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's Rizzo was chronologically the first of those guys to go. And also the one I thought that there was the least chance that he would go. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the fact that he did. I think it it's not just it's obviously not just about Rizzo. When Rizzo goes, he, the emotional reaction to that is also somewhat the Javi and KB reaction because you feel like, oh, well, then they're gone. You know, I mean, it just it's it's everything all at once. And I just couldn't believe 
They did that. And I think it's, I mean, yeah, it's obviously it's like baseball is not all of life when we talk about like, oh, low level baseball depression. But it is something that, I mean, your life is whatever it is this minute. And a lot of the minutes of our lives have been wrapped up in this thing that is uh, ultimately nice. It's ultimately a thing we love. And it's never been as good as it was, you know, for us. And we never thought it could get as good. So the, we never thought it would get as good as it did. And then the fact that it's ending, it has to end at some point. But the fact that it's ending in such an unnecessary, messy, and flat out baseball stupid way is just like, it feels it's the end of it's the end of an era of our own lives too you know i mean literally mm-hmm. i proposed to my wife the day theo signed with the cubs like it was Octo- <laughs> it was october 12th uh 2011 and i woke up in uh, a vegas hotel room saw that announcement i knew i was proposing that night i had a plan and i was like well this is a good beginning to things so it sucks that i have to get divorced now like cuz to like completely <laughs> <laughs> just like wrap the storyline. Do I get the one. Contreras jersey back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have to give Ken the. Con- if I get oh, divorced, no. it has to rotate. The, the Contreras jersey I got in Adam's divorce goes to Ken. <laughs> but like, I mean, it, it is such. It's such a marker of the times of our lives, right? I mean, th- this and it is the end. And, and I think that's why I, I'm not like I, I am more now than I used to be. But I, I'm not a person who would cry much. Uh, but like I did when I was at Carrie Wood's last game and Carrie Wood was pulled out. And I remember being surprised myself and being like, why, why is this happening to me? <laughs> and I think it was because it's like, this is a guy who was a young man who I saw when I was a young man. And then mm-hmm. it's like a reflection of my own mortality. And I think that's something where it's right. like the times of our lives ending, you know? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I, and, and I don't want to like overstate this and, and obviously like, Rizzo and Baez and Bryant are alive and well and on yes. new teams, but like doing very when, well. <laughs> when when when, Co- when Kobe Bryant died, it hit me in a way that I would never have anticipated because it's not like I'm a Lakers fan. But I think in retrospect, what I realized was like his career was my life. Like I I started follow. I was a huge NBA fan, and I was in fifth grade when he was a rookie. And by the time he retired, I was a, a an adult. I had gone through every level of school. I had gone through college. I had gone through relationships. And like he was a constant in my life. And that's kind of how I feel about this Cubs core. And I think there's something kind of poetic and and devastating about the fact that like they were traded in the same order that they were brought into our lives. Like we had Rizzo and then we had Baez and then we had Bryant and then one by one they go. And for me, especially like I know, obviously, Kevin, you grew up in the East Coast in, in some ways. But like largely your formative years were in Illinois. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I grew up middle school, high school, college in New Jersey, surrounded by a ton of Yankees and Mets fans. And like I have so, so, so many people, mostly who like understand what a baseball fan I am, who are being cool about it. But then people who are just like dog shit baseball fans, like, you know, sending me stupid texts and like giving me grief about this whole situation. And like I... I actually am stupid enough that once Baez was traded on Friday, I was trying to convince myself that maybe that meant that KB would be the one to get an extension. I did too. And I was on, I was on a train. I was going to, I I went to New Jersey just for like a day and a half. Um, My mom was picking me up from the train. My train got into the station in New Jersey at three 56. So this is like, as the trade deadline is happening. And like, as I'm stepping off the train, I, I read Chris Bryant to the giants 
And I just like sat silently in a car with my mom. And like, she's seen this my whole life. She knows she how it goes. It, yeah. But like, I was like, I'm really happy to see you, but like, I'm just going to need to like sit here quietly for a bit. And like, the only way I can describe it, I'm going to make the most obscure reference possible, as I always do. You ever see the Muppet Christmas Carol? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. As much as I There's can. that scene. It's a fantastic film. But you remember when in the like dark timeline, Tiny Tim dies and the little pig pig children are like, where's dad? And Miss Piggy's like, I think he's, he's walked home a bit slower these past few nights. That's how I feel right now. I'm Kermit. <laughs> I've just there's the pep in my step is gone. I, I should have known that it was an emotional risk to tie up this much of my happiness in a baseball team owned by Trump supporting billionaires. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I tweeted out the I think as the purge was happening uh, that this is the worst day to be a Cub fan, at least for me, since game six of 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, which also ended with me sobbing pitifully on my dad's shoulder. Uh, mm -hmm. Only this time, my dad was 40 minutes away, so I couldn't even have that. Um, but it, it struck me that I remember after they won the World Series in 2016, one of my lines of thinking was, well, is, I'm sure they'll be bad again, but it will never get that level of painful bad. And uh, oops, I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> big oops. I mean, I I also said this is I, I think I said this in the chat as well. But I it's like how after Obama was elected, I was like, all right, we're not as dumb as we used to be. Maybe like I think we've at least raised the basement level of how dumb we're going to be. We went from George W. Bush to Obama and, you know, it, whatever things aren't perfect. But OK. And then. Man, I biffed it in exactly the same way I biffed it with the Cub stuff. Right, same thing. It's like Theo's here. This this group is here. There's a level of competency that we're gonna have moving forward. And even the fact, whatever happens in the future, if if they end up getting multiple All Stars in these deals somehow uh, that just happened, whatever happens in the future, bottoming out, if the Cubs aren't winning the division next year, this is an incompetent bottom out incompetent yeah. or like uh, just i mean integrity free bottom out while they count money you know uh because also just uh, it's a thing I, I i've also mentioned on the podcast before but there's you get some weirdos jumping on to like defend the ricketts family defend baseball owners also the uh, the people who are just like pro sell-off without giving a shit what you get back in the sell-off just liking mm -hmm. the uh, selling anything i don't care the money i get back i just like selling <laughs> things but some of those people talk about how the, the cubs have had a high payroll so, uh, some years recently every year the ricketts have owned the team they've made a lot of money every year counts and average they are between ninth and 10th in payroll during the Ricketts era. So that's how much money they've been pocketing for a team that always makes more than that. They've, they're between ninth and 10th overall. So just keep that in mind as they're tearing down once again, 10 years into their reign where the value of the team is quintupled into the billions and they're not, and they refuse to spend uh, next year. Well, our, one, our biggest one mistake thing, is ahead, faith in humanity. Yeah. What's that? Yes. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of evergreen. That's that's beyond just the Cubs. Um, I one thing that I'm curious about is that, um, like, I I don't know that Cubs fans want to be lovable losers ever again. Like, I really don't think that I, I you can't I don't be. live in Chicago. I don't live in Chicago. You do, Ken. Mm -hmm. I I have no interest in going to Wrigley Field. Like, I'll be in Chicago 
in late September and I was planning on trying to go to a game, I, I really don't know that I want to. And I'm kind of curious to see if the Rickets are hoping that it's like, hey, it's still summer in Chicago. People will come out to the old ballpark. <clears throat> it would be kind of satisfying if they don't. And I'm not saying people should boycott Wrigley Field and never go to a Cubs game again. But um, I I don't know if it's going to be as much of a playground for the cocksuckers as it once was. <laughs> and I what I think my hope and, and your hopes as well was that, like, you're not going to assume that the Cubs are going to win the World Series every year. But sustained excellence is what we were promised. And my hope was this Cubs team can be the Braves of the 90s. They can win the division pretty much every year or the Dodgers in recent memory. And then once you get to the playoffs, we see what happens. But this should not be happening at this point in like the Epstein-Hoyer era. It just shouldn't. No, uh, and, and I can give you one example that springs to mind immediately in terms of what you said about uh, the Chicago fan base and how much they want to go to Wrigley that uh, I got a text on Saturday and this is one person, a sample of one. So bear that in mind, but a, a good friend from high school who is a fan at our level and is in a season ticket package with a couple other people. And he just told me, yeah, I'm done. I'm dumping these. Do you want any of them? Uh, and I named like one date because the Reds were in town and maybe I'll see Joey Votto hit five home runs that game. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, like I was like, uh, do I want any of these for free right behind the plates? Uh, <laughs> wow. So yeah, uh, that's, that's everybody right now as, as I, I, unless you're some kind of masochist or, well, what it's, they're doing this just in time for the Crosstown Classic as the first <laughs> deck. So they're going to have a great Wrigley slap in the face. Grotesque. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of White Sox fans. Yeah, yeah. At, 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 at that game. And I, 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 I could be wrong on this, but I thought I saw that Wrigley has not sold out yet. No. officially this year, right? No, I think the biggest crowd they had is 39 at, at the first Saturday of that. Cardinals Which is very close, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and for that red series, they were lucky to draw 30 for mm -hmm. each game. But I'm glad you were there. I, I, I'm glad you got to see a couple yeah, of those games. I, I got, to, I went to the last good game. The, you the saw Javi the, the Javi walk-off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to go down as, as the last moment for this group. The last time they all uplifted all of us and Rizzo had a two run homer in the first and, and showed us all Man. the heights that they were capable of. And I'm, I'm, you know, it hurts now and it's going to hurt forever, but uh, at some point, I'll look back at though and go, yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I went to that and the John Lester, Kyle Schwarber welcome back game, and I'm so thankful I got to go to see both because those are far and away going to be the only two good memories of mm -hmm. one of the worst baseball years of our lives. And I, I guess I'm kind of glad that at least we've got those. Um, in, in terms of the attendance, uh, that made me think that there there was a piece I think on Prospectus a while back that talked about how a lot of owners, and this is a real cynical way of reading into this, but I'll bet this is part of Ricketts' mindset too, that had, they've kind of identified that if you charge extra exorbitant prices for tickets, you actually might profit more, even though you don't sell out the park than like you used to, mm -hmm. uh, which is just a pathetic way to go about life. Yeah. But you can't surprise me. No, it wouldn't, su wouldn't surprise me either. You, you can't teach soul, you know, you no. can't coach a soul into, into somebody. And, you know, it sucks to, it sucks to, because I, I, 
even if this is how we typically feel about people who are billionaires who own sports teams, there there's a, a very limited number of not awful people who own sports teams. Uh, you still don't want to believe it's like the worst you can think of uh, at every turn. But uh, but it it so often is. And when it comes to like going to Wrigley now, I, I honestly, I'd, if it was someone you if it was a friend of mine who was like in Chicago and had never been to Wrigley, I would go uh, with them because they should get to see it if they're in town. But that's I, that's the only way I would go to a game right now. But I mean, I like I'm going to be out there uh, with with my lady in, in September. And I, I don't know that I want her first experience to be sad Wrigley. I really don't. Right. I mean, it's a more accurate representation of Cubs baseball. <laughs> that is true. That is historically but, that is that is very true. And yeah. in this moment, well, and I think what you were saying about lovable loser stuff, Adam, uh, is that yeah, I don't think Cubs fans are interested in that. Also, you literally can't be anymore because the only thing that made that a thing was that we were the worst of all time. <laughs> is that like? Is that I say this in like a way that I was okay with? Is that we waited longer than everybody ever? That's the only way that losing is interesting. Mm-hmm. Is if you've done it in a way that it's the longest so that the payoff is going to be the biggest and that's dead there's that's dead we're not a, we're not a team behind the eight ball anymore we have all the money we continue to bring in all the money in a major market in a place where people want to go when we had talent in their prime here days ago so there's not you can't ever become a lovable loser again yeah. we're, we're the tigers we're the pirates i mean there there's nothing lovable there's nothing exciting about what they are they're just bad they're mm-hmm. dreck and that is who we have voluntarily chosen to become. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. It's like getting to this point through both incompetence and then choosing it is like two different ways to be really mad about this. And here's the thing: like the extensions that the Cubs with the core here that they that they couldn't come to. It's it's not like that. The option of extending these guys just popped up this year. We've had them here. Mm-hmm the whole time you could talk to them for years you could have made a choice one of them to build around at any point and if if you can't get these three guys who wanted to stay here they've said as much and even though jed pushed back on it we saw chris bryant take the phone call and 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 break into tears in the dugout if you can't negotiate an extension with these guys who actively want to be here what in god's name would give you confidence that he can sign anybody else yeah and it's, it's not just that. I mean, Anthony Rizzo also reportedly said to Bruce Levine that if the ship is going to sink, I want to sink with it, or words to that effect. And mm-hmm. that's also something that apparently you can't find an extension with. Um, yeah. And I wanted to, to kind of tie that into also what you mentioned about soul earlier, Kevin, because this, this to me is, to me, it's, it's the most galling part of all this. Is it's, it's not just unloading great players and players that we've seen grow up and, and have come to know and love. It's also the guys who did it. And there's an extra human level to that that only a few players ever get to know, like Big Poppy with Boston, for example, or Pedro. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only a handful of guys who mean that much historically to a franchise. And all three of those guys were that. And the fact that that, a human- that level of humanity means nothing is, is galling to me. That, that, that they're still just at the end of the day, guys who apparently became too expensive for Tom Ricketts taste, despite the fact that they are the ones who accomplished and made our dreams come true, like something that no other beloved cub in our lifetimes, in our father's lifetimes, in our grandfather's lifetimes was able to do. That meant nothing. 
And that's, that is the true dagger in the heart to me in all this. And it'll and, never happen I mean, again. Right. Yeah. And I, and, right. And, and, and I, forgive me, Adam. I also, I also wanted to, to touch on this too, because I wanted to make sure to mention this, that one of the narratives that has sprung up in terms of the people who support the teardown is that these Cubs are a disappointment because they weren't able to accomplish anything after winning the world series. And you can probably hear the emotion already <laughs> a bit in my voice on that. And I want to say to that, that first of all, name me the dynasty of baseball from the past five or six years, since 2016, what dynasty has there been? Anything, any takers, anything at all? No. <laughs> right. Good. Yeah. And second of all, sure. Yeah. They, they didn't fulfill their destiny as the team that went back to the world series over and over and kept on getting rings. So you're telling me that winning the greatest world series of our lives, ending the 108 year drought, making everybody's dreams come true. That's not enough for you. Okay. You'll never be happy. You'll never be happy. Absolutely. That's the, that's the answer. Also, they made the final four three times in a row. You know, I mean, and when you talk about what's the other dynasty. Yeah. Are we saying the Dodgers? If you want to say the Dodgers are the team of this era. Okay. The only World Series they won was that bullshit last year was the, the 60. Yeah. I mean, that's the only one they have. So I don't know what we do you like that. They they also went to a World Series and lost to the cheating Astros, I guess. I mean, okay. But like, there's no, there's no team that functionally in a championship way did outperform this core during this era and yeah if you're not if you're if you don't count that as a success man what a bummer you must be like all all the time forever and we're saying that as a we're having our bummer hour here on the podcast but <laughs> mm -hmm. you know i mean the the reason it's sad now is because it was so good and and also just in a less important point than you just made, Ken, but as far as like people supporting the teardown, it's a lot of them are saying, well, this wasn't working uh, in terms of this core of players. Yeah, but you don't fix something by getting rid of the best part of it. <laughs> like, yes, this team wasn't working, but these are individually good players and maybe you don't keep all of them, but you want good players they weren't not winning because of their best players like that's not how any of this works you know if your car is not if, if your car is a flat tire and it's not getting somewhere you don't throw the engine in the trash like you fix the parts that don't work right i mean i think for me at the risk of being overly dramatic like the way that i felt last week and i hope this changes is that as someone who was going through a divorce concurrently with Ben Zobrist in 2019, one of the hardest parts about that experience was that it was this simultaneous experience of like losing your future and then also losing your past because it was ending so painfully that any of those happy memories from the past, I couldn't think of them anymore without knowing how that story ended. And that's how I feel right now. When I see those highlight videos that the Cubs put up, and shout out to them for giving KB a minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah. When I see those videos and the, all of those memories and all of those things that we have from this core, right now I really can't watch them and enjoy them and, and, and experience the happiness that they brought me at the time because I know how it ends. And mm -hmm. that really sucks. Like, I, I, I don't know how I would feel if the Cubs had just stood pat and maybe, you know, traded Kimbrell and a couple other relievers and, you know, stuck it out with Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant till the end of the year, and then none of them re-signed, and then we were sitting here saying, well, you know, if that was going to be the case, we should have at least gotten something for them. 
but I don't feel like it would have been as painful knowing that at least they made the decision to not stay. Yeah. For me, I, it would, I, they I, need, yeah. Uh, for me, they, it, 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 a lot would be different if they chose one other, one of the three. Right. If, they, if it was just one of the three, I think that would have said a lot. And from both an emotional and from a baseball perspective, honestly, because it's it's also this is about keeping a winning team on the field, too, on top of all the emotion and the way they and the fact that they chose none could get nothing done, build no direction when they had every advantage with these three very good all star caliber players. Uh, it, it just it it hurts. And also, it's like I have no belief that these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, the logical thing to do would have been, okay, yeah, we pick one of the guys from the core. He is the guy who is not just the hero of the past, but the transition guy that is going yes. to be the great player that then brings up the next group of Brennan Davises and then whoever else becomes great behind him, hopefully like Ed Howard or something like that. Uh, but that's obviously the path they didn't go. And yeah, that that's heartbreaking to hear that. And, and you know, I, I am somewhat in agreement. I haven't been able to watch any of the tribute videos. I haven't even tried, honestly because it's, it's just too raw and too much right now. Uh, I do think, it's, at least for myself, the passage of time, once we get past the real hurt of all this, um, I don't know how long that's going to take, but that those memories will be good again, because though that, that doesn't change. That, yeah, that yeah. moment in time and the exultation and the release and the joy, that, that still exists. Uh, it's, it's, um, even we, though we know how it ends, it doesn't change how we felt in that moment. It doesn't change what that moment meant to every one of us. And that's a tribute to the players. And it's not a tribute to Ricketts or to Hoyer or any of, any of those assholes. It's, it's what those players accomplished. They still mean something to us. And that's why I think, Adam, you're still, and why we're all still kind of following their exploits with their new teams right now with interest, even though we have certainly no, no rooting interest in the Mets or the Yankees or the Giants. Um, those guys still mean something to us and, and will forever. And I think at a certain point, once we get past, I guess, the, the proper grieving stage, which, again, don't mean to minimize actual grieving, the, the, the baseball grieving stage, um, we'll be left with, okay, we still have these really happy memories, and you can't take that away from us, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And it's and for me, I think a little bit of it's I, I don't know how you guys are, but I, I don't at this point, seeing how they've handled things and uh, Hoyer specifically, I don't. I don't expect any of the three to come back in the off season, even though you absolutely could, but there's still part of me, the irrational child, childlike fan in me still sort of can't fully say bye until they sign with someone else this off season, which uh, it's like, on one hand, you'd think maybe that's a little hopeful, but also it sucks. Cause it's like, I, now I got to fast forward to what March or April to be like, <laughs> okay, now I can put a verdict right. on this. You know, so, uh, yeah, I really thought there was a good chance until the last day or so that mm -hmm. someone would come back. At I, I this, uh, yeah. yeah, at this point, the more likely scenario to me is like, you remember when Scottie Pippen came back in like 2003? Like there was like a new regime, mm -hmm. you know, Kraus and all those cronies were gone. Like, I almost feel like it'll be, you know, in 2026 when the Cubs are good again, then maybe like Rizzo or someone comes back and helms like the new Cubs team, which would be yeah. amazing. That would be great. Um, as kind of the you know veteran, almost like an Arietta but good. 
come back <laughs> sure. you know Perfect. i mean like yeah, exactly. i i think is uh, exactly i had that same thought where it's like you can absolutely see dh coming to the national league rizzo later in his career possibly coming back for mm-hmm. a year but it's like man it just it doesn't 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 have to be like that and nope. uh it uh, man well yeah. really lucky to have these guys here mm-hmm. for as long as long as we did and it just sucks because they... it was the best this is the best time of our lives as yeah. sense. it was the best time of our lives yeah, and that's not going to change yeah Another turning point of foot <laughs> on the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Is there any? Are, are there any points we 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 didn't touch from this uh, sort of t- podcast team up cathartic uh, <laughs> hour of anger and disappointment? I, I feel. I feel like I'm. I, I said what I needed to say. You guys have anything else? Fire Jed, sell the team. Uh, honestly, yeah. If you can't, I, I, this is my this is my slight caveat, giving them a chance for some grand plan that uh, we're all mistaking it on. If you don't contend in 2022, fire Jed Selvatine. I, I, I absolutely, there's not no no patience for not contending in a in the most con, uh, one of the couple worst divisions in <laughs> baseball, most contendable divisions. Uh, if you can't compete this deep into your tenure, 10 years into ownership, 10 years into GM and president from Jed Hoyer, if you can't compete, then fire Jed and sell that team. Can uh, the, can the Tribune company buy them back? I've heard, I've heard, oh, print, media, oh, wow. I've heard, oh. I've heard print, I've heard print media is doing very well these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We reincarnate Rig, William Wrigley at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Uh, cool. Well, you can you can find us uh, on Twitter at Away Games Pod, and uh, as far as uh, us indiv- individually, I'll let us all go around and do that. I'm at Kevin McCaff. If you want to find me on any of the things, I'm at Adam Mamawala. And Ken, where can people find you and find your podcast? I am at Ken Schultz underscore on Twitter at Ken Ken Thin Guy on Instagram, and every Friday on the Outsports Podcast Network is a new episode of Three Strikes. Heck yeah. Thanks for doing it guys. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see each other. We'll see each other in, uh, and we're actually all going to go to a baseball game in Denver, Colorado to see the, the Rockies play the Padres. That's where we're meeting up for baseball. That's a next. competent team. Go Padres. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that Cubs. All right. Have a good week. Mountain time to escape the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs>